Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, Jamie Martindale, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. Okay, and welcome back to Cow Corner and another episode of My Best Eleven. Uh, it's just myself tonight, James Hill. And tonight we're joined by, well, what can we say, a legend of Shropshire Cricket. A player who's played, started his career at Kidderminster before moving on to Worcestershire. Then found himself at Ludlow, St George's, Bridge North, Shifnal, Brosley, and now, most recently, finds himself at Quat. He's scored over 20,000 runs and over 500 wickets, numerous hundreds and fifties, the high score of 161. He's got two NatWest Gold Awards and the captain Shropshire for six years. Tonight's special guest is none other than James Ralph. Welcome, James. Thanks, James. Um, I was a bit concerned that once you name the clubs, there'd be no time left. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, well, it's a healthy list of clubs and all very good quality, very good quality teams. Um, so you started your career at Kidderminster, is that correct? Yeah, I started there under 10s, um, played all the junior groups for Kidderminster, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, nice. So how'd, how did that come about? How did you get into cricket? Um, I can only ever remember going to cricket from the age of three every Saturday with my dad. Um, my dad played cricket. I must have gone every Saturday with him. Um, I, he was a policeman, but he managed to get his weekends off from a very early age. And he played every weekend. Uh, me and my brother, we just went every Saturday with him. We couldn't wait to go on a Saturday. And to be honest, I can't remember any holidays as a kid other than cricket tours. We only ever went on cricket tour. That was the only holidays we ever had. Looking back, um, as well as following my dad around every weekend to cricket I honestly think having a brother is a is a major plus when it comes to cricket you've got someone to play with every night um, 
my brother is younger than me. Um, he's probably in the end in the end up playing more games for the kiddie first team than I did. And if you look at all the top players within Shropshire, um, if you look at the Leeches, the Fosters, the Shantries, Whitney's, Barnards, the Quinies, the Clarks, you know, it's brothers. You know, they they've got someone to play with every night of the week. Uh, I really do think it's a, it's a major. Uh, contributing fact and becoming a good cricketer so you moved up through the ranks and then uh, you found yourself in the Kidderminster first 11 uh, before you ended up well breaking through into the Worcestershire second 11 how um how long were you there for I was um I was only on the staff for one year for one summer um I mean it, it was a it was quite an established side then to be honest I mean, it, it was for me. It was just great to be with the people, my heroes, really growing up. You know, Hick, Moody, Illingworth, Haynes, Lampitt, You know, Dolivera, Curtis. You know, the list goes on. Really, um, I was never ever going to play in front of any of those players and get in that first team. But just to be around them, you know, those players was was great for me. To be honest, you say talking obviously about well such great names. You know, like your Hicks, your Dolaveras. You know, what kind of impact did that have on you as a cricketer? Uh, well, a, well, a young aspiring cricketer at that point. Yeah, I, I think when you meet them up close, it, it makes you realise how good you've got to be if you wanted to be a professional cricketer. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I've done really, I've done quite well. I, I played for Kidderminster at the time in the Birmingham League when it was just one league, not this pyramid system they've got now. So there were only 12 teams. You, you knew... Uh, there was probably three or four contracted players in each side. Then there was trialists, and there were good under-19 players. People would come from Devon to come and play in the Birmingham League. And then there was an overseas player. So it, it was a very strong, um, very strong league. Um, I, I'd done well in that, like I was a good player. But then when mm. you go and meet these people and meet them in the flesh mm. and see how good they are, you realise that you know you, you, you've got a whole you know another step to go really. And, and I think I, I knew I was, wasn't quite good enough to play professional cricket for a living. So you you kind of do yourself a bit down because you did have a good run, which ended up you making your first class debut in '96 against a South Africa A side that featured Herschel Gibbs and Paul Adams, nonetheless. Uh, what how how was that as an experience? Yeah, like I said, it, it, it's another eye opener. Just um, you know, it, it, I was quite young, you know, and I was probably I was. I'm trying to remember back, and I was obviously pretty nervous. There's a big crowd for these um, overseas games. There's a massive crowd, uh, and and I and I probably didn't do myself justice. You know, I went out there, tried to be positive, and ended up playing it too many balls, and should have just left a few and left a few. But it was swinging round corners that day, um, and and I probably been lucky to nick a couple actually. But I, I was in for probably about an hour to get no runs. You know, it's. Uh, you know, my, my friends were all in Kidderminster, were all watching on the CFAX, as obviously it was in them days. And mm. they thought their TV had broken. I was on naught for what seemed to them for about an hour, you know, an hour and a half in the two innings. They, they, it was a mistake or something. Oh, that takes me back to the days when I used to watch uh, England games on CFAX. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that kind of culminated into a period where in 97, you ended up taking a break from cricket. Um, how did that come about? Um, well, I, see, I, I I really wanted to, uh, to have a career in cricket and I, I turned up 
on a Saturday for Kidderminster and all I wanted to do was score runs to get a contract. Um, you know, that was my own motivation. I was really motivated to do that, really, at a very young age. And, and then I found I just didn't have any motivation to play. You know, I just turned up on a Saturday and I wasn't quite at the races. And I just thought, I could just do with a break, really. I haven't had a whole year, the year before, and I'd been to Australia. So I'd probably played two or three years solid cricket. And, mm. I, and I just felt I'd lost my for a little bit. So I went and played golf for the summer. Um, but then while I was playing golf, I would go and watch Ludlow play because I was playing golf in Cliberry. So I'd go and watch Ludlow. And one of my friends, Bob Beckett, who, was, who I'd played with at Kidderminster, he said, well, why don't you come and play for Ludlow? Mm. Uh, and so obviously I didn't that year, but the start of the next year, I joined and played. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't know much about Minor Counties cricket then. Um, it was kind of new to me, but... Once I'd found, uh, you know, I could go and play representative cricket somewhere else, that was it. Then I, I found, you know, it sort of like rekindled my love for the game to my straight away. Mm. So that first season, obviously, you're moving away from Kidderminster and obviously moving to, making your move to Ludlow. How did you find the kind of difference in standard? It was a very strong league back then, the Shropshire League. You, mm. you had team, Wellington were a very strong side. You had the Byrons, they had some good players. Um, mm. Shrewsbury were obviously strong. Um, obviously, St George's. It was a very strong league. Um, mm. I'm not saying it's not strong now, but just the strength in depth of the teams back mm. then that they were, you know. And it, I found it because they were new grounds, new teams, people I didn't know. Uh, it was an exciting challenge for me to sort of um, prove. Mm. And especially as I only played a few games, then I got picked for Shropshire. Mm. It, uh, at the early days. Uh, there was a bit of pressure on me. I don't think people were too happy that I was picked for Shropshire in the early days. Mm. I, I sort of had to sort of prove them wrong a bit from the very, you know, mm. from the start and realise that, yeah, I am good enough to play for Shropshire. You know, mm. I, I'm here for a long time, not just a couple of games. Mm. So what? why was the pressure on you for going to Shropshire? Was it because you were new into the Shropshire League or? Yeah, I think, you know, playing for Shropshire, it, it's a massive honour playing for Shropshire. And I think mm. the people that were in the team Adam Gav Byram, uh, Mark Davis, John Anders, Brian Jones, uh, Asif Din, Pete, um, uh, Matt Turner. There were people that felt like they'd worked quite hard, to, probably thought they'd worked quite hard to get into the team and they played for Shropshire all their life, you know, junior age groups and clubs, and they probably felt a bit annoyed that an outsider had come straight in, really. Mm. Um, but uh, once, you know, I think once they knew what I was about and the sort of person I am, um, that all sort of changed. But for the first seven, eight weeks, and every time I turned up for a club game, it, it, there was a bit like, you know, here he is. You know, who does he think he is? Only just come and he's playing for Shropshire. I had a bit of pressure on, on the early years. Did you feel that that kind of pushed you on um, in these early years in Shropshire? Or did you think it kind of had an effect on... on no, the no, no, when I was younger, it was great. And it's nothing better than being sort of... Um, Motiv- you know, motivated in that way. Nothing better than someone having to go at you. You know, really, it sort of gets you going tenfold. So from there, obviously, you did make a big impact to Shropshire and ended up in 2000 being, uh, well, man of the match in a, in a well, one of the most famous games for Shropshire where they ended up fa- facing against Somerset at St George's, uh, where you ended up scoring 102 against a team consisting of Andy Caddick and Blackwell. Peter Trejo and uh, Marcus Trestothic. Uh, Shropshire, unfortunately, losing out by 27 runs, but a, a great personal achievement for yourself in that game. Yeah, I don't think much went our way that day. Bowling-wise, we, we didn't have much luck. I mean, they, they 
they they they applied themselves to get the score they got in the end. You know, they didn't didn't go out there and whack it and and tee off. You know, they knew they were in a game of cricket. Mm. Um, and when we were chasing, John Anders opened the batting that day, and he got to mm. forty very quickly. John Anders, and he was hitting it quite. He was hitting it lovely. And it rained. I'm sure we went off for rain. And when we went back on, it, it wasn't the same. The ball was swinging. It was seamed a little bit. And we lost two wickets pretty quickly. And from there on in, we sort of, we, we had a sort of a big collapse. And we never really got going in towards, until sort of the last 10 or 15 overs. Mm. And I'm convinced now, if we hadn't had that sticky patch with the rain and that, I think we could have given them a proper game of cricket. And I think, you know, we were only 20 runs short in the end. And the way we were mm. going, that was like, another two or three overs we'd have beaten them really looking at the score John Anders getting a nice 43 um yeah did you feel that kind of there wasn't with obviously the conditions there wasn't that much support for yourself in those in the in the middle of the order or was it just a case of conditions taking control no to be honest it, it was um you know they there was some saying they've got some quality bowlers they, they bowl well uh, they put us under pressure to be honest I, I, yes I've got a hundred but I must have, I, I, it, it was a, an innings where I decided before the ball, the ball I was going to try and hit a six and literally every time it came off, it was one of them days really. Mm. Um, it, it was just, it was a freak day for me really. I, I literally tried to, I defended two, I hit, I thought, well, I'm trying to hit this for six over there and it literally just went every, mm. every time I went to hit a six, it, I managed to hit it for six. It was a, I've probably never done it since, really. It was just a freak day, really. But um, and a, and a funny story too that if I add to it, it was the night before um, England got knocked out of the Euros, I think, to Romania when yeah. um, Phil Neville, one of the Neville boys, that penalty in the last minute. Mm. Well, it was a pound a pint down the old lion in Clibbury Mortimer. <laughs> and I, remember, I remember going out ten pounds. And I'm walking back at twelve o'clock at night. I'd spent the ten pound, and obviously we'd lost. That last-minute penalty, was it in extra time or normal time? I can't remember. But that was the end of it. And obviously, I'd had me 10 pints, very depressed, walking back. And I walked past the King's Arms in Clipbury. And the, my, lads, all, my mates were all in there playing pool still because they were all still out. And they were like, Ralphie, come and have a drink. I'm like, no, I've got a game of cricket tomorrow. I've got to get my head right now. I've got to go home. And they said, no, come and have another one. And I remember, next thing I remember is about 3 o'clock that morning, being in my bedroom, not great estate, and I had to sort of sort myself out and get to the ground. If we'd have batted first, I wouldn't have. I, well, I wouldn't have got one, let alone anything. It was just very, just very lucky we batted second that day. <laughs> Sounds it, but you, yeah, you, you did well as you had a, you had a part to play in getting in there. Well, uh, the main man for Somerset out in a uh, Marcus Gothic. Uh, getting him out before he got a hundred was um, must have been well, must be a, a nice little prize to have on your mantle. Yeah, well, he, he, I think I'm pretty sure that was the last game he played before he played for England. That mm. game, I'm pretty sure he got some in that game. But I, I'm, I'm actually the same age as Truscothic. I remember my first ever game for under Worcester under tens. Mm. He got 176 in it for Avon under tens. You could tell then that obviously he was on he was a different class to everyone else. He, mm. You know, he's different. And I, and I played against him quite a few times that one year at Worcestershire. He was in the second still at Somerset. Mm. And um, I must have played against him three times that year. Yeah, I played against mm. him quite a lot. In nice real nice job. So from from here, um, you then carried on your club career, obviously, moving from St George's, then on to Bridge North and then on to Shifnal. How 
how were your times at those clubs? Uh, every club I've been to, we've had a great crack. You know, um, going back to Ludlow, we we had a fantastic um, social side there. You know, we were quite an old team at Ludlow. You know, we'd meet up and probably drink on the way to the games as well as on the way back to the games at Ludlow. We had, we had quite a good social side there. Um, obviously, with St George's, um, that was a fantastic club. Um, we had some good players um, in Andy Johnson was playing there and Steve Taylor was just starting off mm. in his cricketing career. Then when I joined there, he was probably 16, 17. Mm. Um, uh, and they've always got great support, St George's. Mm. Yeah, it's a great place, um, uh, environment to play in. You know, the, the social club's always full towards mm. the end of the game. Great place to play there. Mm. Uh, and then from there, I went to Bridge North. Um, once again, there's not many better places to play than Bridge North. There, then moved on to Shifnal, um, and yep. then most recently a year at Brosley, and now you're finding yourself at Quat enjoying your cricket in the Shropshire Prem, and um, you've come quite close in recent seasons, and well to the to the title. Um, how, how have you found the the last few years at Quat? Um, Brosley and Quat. Um, we're quite similar, really. We, we've been in sides that, um, you know, we haven't got any flashy players. We mm. never had flashy players. Uh, we were quite an old team, established team, you know, players that had been been around a bit. But but especially at Quat, um, we sort of they all know their jobs. You know, you know, it's no, it's no coincidence. Last year we probably had seven bowlers. Really, if you actually did the bowling averages, probably in the top fourteen of the averages last year, mm. seven bowlers at Quat. Like mm. did it on averages. And obviously moving on to forward into new season, obviously bringing in a few extra new players. And um, yeah, you're hopeful of uh, pushing on and going for the title? Um, I think, you know, I think we've recruited well with the two Millers. Um, I think they're, they're, they're great signings. Um, I think we've got a, quite a balanced side. Um, and like I said before, we've got three or four spinners and I think spinners are the key to, to winning leagues, to be honest. Mm. But I do feel, uh, obviously, the, the league's obviously probably not going to happen this year well, now, but if it was happening, I'd say Whitchurch looked to have signed a load of players. They looked to have um, got hold of them, CR Hawks players. You know, Whitchurch, the, they seem to be a good side every now and then. When they decide they want to bring some players in from the outside, they seem to have a good year, you know. Mm. They seem to lack the the players within the club at the moment, mm. but they can they, they every now and then they ship six or seven in, and that's obviously mm. what they've done. This um, Worfield are very strong; mm. they're a strong proper. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Club, you know, they've got great strength in depth. They're a well-run club. Mm. You know, as a blueprint of a club, there's not many better clubs than Worthfield around mm. this county. Um, and I'd say, yeah, you know, with Wem gone now, there's probably three or four sides. Maybe have signed a few, a couple of players that got some very good pe- pedigree. So, they start well and they keep the momentum going, they'd be up there as well, I think. Yeah, and uh, you finished off, we mentioned before, obviously you ended your minor counties career in 2017, having represented Shropshire over 100, 100 championship games, one of 12 to do so, uh, having captain for six years. Now, after that, you've played for some great teams, but who would you say, in general, would be the best team that you played for? Um. I, I think Kidderminster. If you, it, I think Kidderminster is probably um, you know on paper they are you know that was a Premiership side. They're still a Premiership side, but they would be the strongest team that I've played for. Mm. I, I think. But if we we talk in Shropshire teams, I I feel um, great pride to have been involved in two teams that have had good runs. Mm. When I first joined Shifnal in two thousand and four or five six, that sort of. Um, time we won Div Two, Div One, and we got into the Prem. We we had a great run at Shifnal. We had a great side. We had great fun on off the field. The weekend started on a Thursday, finished it on a Monday. We had good fun on and off the field. We were a, we were quite a strong and close unit, and we we won the Grand Williamson. Let's say we won Div Two, Div One. We came fourth in the Prem in our first year. They were that was a very strong side. I had quite a lot of the Shropshire team probably in at the time. Mm. Um, and I'd say the same Bridge North. I, I went to Bridge North and we had a couple of years where we struggled. Well, definitely one year where we struggled in Div 3. Um, and then it all came together when we won on the last game of the year in Div 3. And then won Div 2 with only losing one game. Got into Div 1 and now they're still there now. And really, Bridge North should be in the Premier League, really. Mm. You know, they had a bit of bad luck last game a couple of years ago. Whereas they'd be in the Prem. And those two sides... I think really the two sides I will look back with most enjoyment. Mm. The runs I had with Shifnal and the runs I had with um, Bridge North um, mm. on the field. So we mentioned obviously that you met, that you captain Shropshire over six years and obviously you've seen some serious talent come through under your captaincy, you know. Um, but who is the best captain that you've ever played under? Um. There, there are probably three or four really that that shaped me. I think Keith Wilkinson, who people wouldn't know, um, he played for Worcestershire in the seventies, and he captained Kidderminster when I first went there. Um, he, he's a fantastic captain. He captained Old Hill when they won the national knockout three years running. Mm. Um, Ed Foster is a very um, is a very impressive person. Ed Foster. I think if you play in a team with Ed Foster, uh, you you find that you you want to do well for him because a bit by the way he talks, he leads from the front. He, he looks, like I say, he's an impressive person in everything he does, the way he looks, the way he bats, the way he feels, the way he talks, the way he conducts himself. He puts that just about enough pressure on you to make you realise that if you don't do well, you might be, you know, he's, and he gives you the confidence and everything. I, I think, yeah, Ed is up there. And on the same token, um, I'll go back to the shift, Norland Shropshire, with Brian Jones, really. He, um, he, leads from, he led from the front, and he's the sort that, that you go into war for, and he go into war for you. He's a, 
you know, he's a winner, I think. And, you know, he was, you know, he's, he's someone that when he was 19, opened the bowling for England. And now he's played, he's the one that's played over 100 games, opening the batting for Shropshire, really. Yeah. You know, he, he's a fantastic cricketer, Brian Jones, in my opinion. Mm. All right. So now we come to the moment that uh, everyone who's ever known you or is interested in is looking forward to. Here it is, James Ralph. Here is your best 11. Okay, James, so uh, we're going to start off from the very top. Uh, who's going to be opening your innings? Um, can I clarify that I've picked a team that I've played a lot with, but um, that I haven't gone and picked players that I've just played once or twice, twice with, really, you know, or a great deal of games with. Um, there's a whole list of 20 players that, if I, if I could mention, that I haven't picked you know, from the likes of Tim Mason, Dunk Cattrall, Kevin Evans, Nick Smith, Ed Barnard, Joe Clark, Joe Leach, Jack and Adam Chantry, James Taylor. Um, you know, people, people like that, really. Pinner, Pardo, people like Matt Tilt. You know, they're people that, that would be, uh, should be, you know, in the team, but they're professional cricketers in my mind. And, you know, that I've picked a team of friends, mates, people like, uh, club, club players, really. Yeah, that's good. Um, to open, I've put Ed Foster. You know, I think his record speaks for himself, really. Yeah, yeah well, recently mentioned by Wisden as well. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, who's opening up with Ed? I've put Richard Oliver. And I think, um, you know, he, I think he's uh, an ultra talented cricketer. You know, he he's one of the best fielders I've seen, you know, and he, he just, he's got so much confidence and. He doesn't seem to have any fear, you know. He, if he's the scores he gets when he goes big, he goes big, and he's got some. For a lad of his age, he scored a hell of a lot of runs and scored some big, big scores. So we've got an opening partnership of Ed Foster and Richard Oliver. Uh, now we move on to three and four. Um, as I say, most in each one so far. The sought after positions in a batting lineup. Who are you going for? I've gone for Rob Foster at three. Um, I know I've not played uh, really club cricket with him, but I played a lot of Shropshire cricket for him. He was there for my first game when I was captain. I picked him. Um, I've always found him that he's always done well for me. Uh, he's all runs when I've needed him to get runs. I see that, you know, I, I watch obviously Shrewsbury's uh, success over the last few years and that, and he's always involved. He's always there in the middle of it, you know, whether it be a great bit of fielding, run out or, or his runs. And, you know, People forget that obviously he doesn't bowl that much now, but he, you know, for a long time he took a lot of wickets as well. Mm. Okay, and in at four, at number four, um, Jono Whitney. Um, I've played a lot of cricket with Jono with um, Bridge North, uh, with Shiffle and with Shropshire. Um, I've had to drive him to every game of cricket he's played for Shropshire or or, or the club side, so I feel like I should have him in the team anyhow. Um, but he's a great all-rounder. He's got a golden arm. He's he'll go out and dominate bowlers. He's another one that's not phased by anything, you know. And I think his record speaks for itself. Yeah, there you go, Jono, uh, listener of the podcast as well. So he'll be happy to he'll happy to hear that. Okay, and in your middle order, five at six. I've put um, Gav Byron at them. It's a bit of a blast from the past. Um, impressive middle order batter. You know, if you needed runs or if you needed someone, he, he could whack them quickly. If you need someone to dig in, he'd do that. 
I'm pretty sure he captained the, the Birmingham League side that won back-to-back premierships. I'm pretty sure he was captain then, or he was involved in it. He's, um, you know, in my early years for Shropshire, um, he was a, a match winner for us quite quite often. And then at six, I've put um, I've put Brian Jones in the side. I know he's an opener, but I feel like I want him in the side. Mm. Um, I, I, you know. I've put him into anchor it up if we're in a bit of trouble, you know, just to see us through. And but I feel like he, I wanted him in my side, you know, because I feel like if you got him in your side, then you're a fighting chance of winning. It's a pretty decent top six there. And at seven, what are you going for? Are you going for a batsman, bowler, or rounder keeper? I've gone for a spinner batsman in Andy Gray, who, um, although he was Shropshire's pro, he, I did play a lot of cricket with him. At Chiffnell, um, and I actually played a lot with him in Australia. Actually, I played first played with Andy Gray back in 1994. I've known known him a long time, and I think he's one of the best spinners I've ever played with. One of the best I've ever seen, to be honest. Nice. And so we go on to eight, nine, and ten. So we're going on to your bowlers. Who's opening the bowling? I've got Steve Taylor opening the bowling. Um, I, I, for me, I think he, you know, he, he could have been anything. He could have gone and played on many years of county cricket if he wanted to. Um, I think he's, he's a natural sportsman. Obviously, everyone knows he played in goal for Telford and Kitty Arias and things like that. But as an opening bowler, I've, you know, his, his action and when, he, when his mind's on it, and if he, if he wanted to play cricket like I want to play cricket, he'd be, he would have played county cricket for 10 years. You know, but he's just a talented person. He just did what he wanted to do, really. <laughs> It's always the way. I wish I wish I was good at one sport, let alone <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> two. Um, so who, who's partnering him opening the bowling? I put Adam Shimmons. Um, played a lot with Shropshire early doors, and with uh, he was you know one of the key players in uh, Shiffnell doing so well. And Shimmons. The other thing with Adam was he was quick, and he and he was he bowled great lengths. But he didn't seem to warm up until 10 overs in. You know, he bowled big spells. He bowled 15 mm-hmm. overs. You want to, If you're struggling in a three-day game, you throw Adam the ball, he bowled 12 overs, one end for you. And just mm-hmm. keep bowling and keep bowling. And, you know... Yeah, I was going to say, how important is it to have someone who could just, you know, take up an end and just like, like you can rotate the other bowlers at the other end? Yeah, you know, he, he just literally uh, um, would hold up an end for you. Just get bowling and bowling and bowling. Yeah, very, very fit, man. Very fit. Okay, great. So we've got two more places. Who's next? Well, I've gone for the keeper. It's a toss-up between two, really. Um, it, it was Matt Tilt or Gaz Mumford for me. I've gone for Gaz. Uh, I feel sorry for Matt because Matt is, you know, Matt's one of the best keepers in Shropshire. He's got great hands. Mm. He's done very well for Shropshire over the years and he played in the team that won the one-day final. Mm. Um but Gaz, for me, he he was in the Shropshire team when I first played. You know, people forget that Gaz has played when he was 16 for Shropshire, mm-hmm. right a long time ago. And he's still playing now for Bridge North in the first team. And he, he still gets very a lot of valuable runs for Bridge North even now. And he, he's got hands like a sofa. The ball just seems to disappear into him and they, they, you just, they, just, they just stay in there. You know, he's got fantastic natural hands. Okay, and here we go. On to the final, the final place. All your ex-teammates are waiting <laughs> to see which one of them's got the final place. Who's, who's your final player? 
Well, I was going to go. It's a toss-up between two, really. I, I was it, who's missed out was Anthony O'Connor because Anthony was a superb opening bowler who always got wickets early doors, swung it, left arm overs, or any sort of left arm bowler, in my opinion, is worth double. Um, but I've gone for the spinner, the left arm, and I've gone for Gaz Jones actually from from my present club, Quat, who. I think if he'd have started bowling spin 15 years ago, he, he's another one that probably could have played for Shropshire or, or, or gone and done something a bit more. He, he spent his whole life bowling seam and he's took 50 wickets many a time bowling seam. Um, and he's a very skillful cricketer, uh, very um, highly skilled swing bowler. But watching him bowl spin now, I, I just wish he'd done it 10 years ago, really, because I think he's a fantastic bowler. Fantastic. That's a, it's a really great 11 you've got there. Now, with that 11, I know we've mentioned some others, but um, is there anyone else who's missed out? Um, yeah, I mean, I talk keepers. Thought Anthony Parker, he's another keeper that, that I've played a lot with Shropshire and at Shiftal. Um, he, he's a combative batsman and, you know, if things were going against you, he could quite easily turn it in your favour. Um, going back a bit further, Ben Platt, I thought it was a fantastic cricketer, always did well for Shropshire. Um, I've mentioned quite a few of the pros that I've played with that, that um, you know, that that that, um, that, that could have made the team. Um, but no, I'm pretty happy with the team I've picked. Um, I, I'm, you know, the ones from the start, like people like Mark Davis, John Anders, you know, um, they could have, you know, they could have been in the eleven because they they were quality cricketers when I first came to Shropshire. Um, but but you know, to time. <laughs> Time makes you forget sometimes, and you you, you pick a a team that's a bit more um bit more closer to bit more closer to now. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about all those players who have been great and well up to now. But who's who's your future one to watch? Um, I, the, I mean, the strength and depth in Shropshire cricket currently is pretty high. You know, you only got to look at Worcestershire and see that there's probably what five or six contracted players there at the moment, or five people on the books. You know, um, not just the people in the first team and the captain of the club, the people in the in the um, academy sides, the Penningtons and people like that. Um, so they're, they're already highlighted, obviously. Matt Simmons, who I'm pleased to meet, he looks an old-fashioned type of cricketer, gets stuck in, um, plays correctly, plays in the V, builds in innings, looks to build, you know, doesn't not looking to be too flashy. Early doors wants to get to forty before he plays a shot. I see him as having hopefully having a bright future for Shropshire and maybe going on further. Nice. And finally, um, in such an illustrious career with having done so much, um, what's been your best achievement in the game? Um, I mean, I, I'd imagine the hundred against Somerset's got to be the got to be the the one really. You know, to get a hundred against a first class county. Um, is a is a big honour really. That um, that I don't think you know that I think that's got to be the best thing I've done really. And to to be asked to be captain of Shropshire as well, I think that was a great honour. I, I've always wanted to be captain. Um, I, as a kid, I was captain of all my junior sides and whatever, and I haven't really been a captain since. So I've captained Bridge North once, and we won Div Two, and I've not been captain before that for a club or since. And so, to be honest, I, I'd like to you know. Being asked to be captain for Shropshire was a great honour, one I really enjoyed. And although I'm pushing on and having X-rays and MRI scans to try and play another year here and there, um, 
I would like to captain another side again sometime, to be honest, because that's what sort of uh, gets me going, really, being in charge and trying to try and plan a, a win against the opposition. Fantastic. I have to say, James, it's been a, it's been a, well, it's been great talking to you, and I wish I could we could have gone on for ever and ever. Um, but yeah, amazing, really great, and hopefully everyone else enjoyed it, and hopefully you've enjoyed coming on. Um, all I've left to say is, well, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, James, for asking me. It's a great honour to be asked. Um, I hope you can make some sort of uh, sense and something interesting out of the um, the, the gavel, the garble that I've said. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you very much, and hopefully this isn't the last time we'll speak to you. And yeah, uh, until next time. Good night. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.